This sermon is titled Daily Devotion How to Part 1 Be enriched as you listen Starting today and the next three Sundays sorry the next two Sundays today plus two Sundays we're going to spend some time talking about daily devotion I'm going to try to be a louder maybe you can turn me up a little bit uh, competing with the sound there so um we're going to talk about daily devotion and we're keeping this mess- series of messages very simple so if you want to title it we could title it title it daily devotion a beginner's guide <laughs> like how to get started how do you have daily are you how do you have your time of daily devotion with god and how that can extend into the entire day because our devotion to god is not just relegated to that time we spend with god it begins there or it is that's a core part of it but really daily devotion is a life that we live it's a consecrated life that we live so we want to address that as well so we'd spend three three sundays talking about it and today in this uh, first message in this series we're just going to talk about how to how do i have my time of daily devotion with god now i know this for some of us this may sound so elementary say pastor i've been doing this for last 40 years <laughs> and what are you giving me a message today on daily devotion well in in case you have and you have been you know uh, having a very consistent life of daily devotion before god that's great just keep at it and maybe this morning it'll just come as a little encouragement to you but uh, we are also aware that there are many people who are new to this or maybe are struggling in this area maybe they don't have a consistent life or time of devotion before god and so hopefully this message will uh, you know come at a time to strengthen them and encourage them in this journey when we talk about devotion we're talking about really being passionate having passion for something you are committed you love it you enjoy it you're devoted to it and in the context of spiritual things we're talking about being devoted to god devoted to him and so that's the focus of these messages how do we grow in our devotion in our life of devotion to our god and our lord jesus christ Now we got to share some bad news with us when we begin <laughs> the very beginning you know the sad thing is or maybe the not so pleasant news is that a life of devotion is a life of discipline now many of us don't like that you know discipline oh not for me <laughs> but a life of devotion is a life of discipline or a life of spiritual devotion which is our context is a life of spiritual discipline we see this in scripture i'll refer us to one verse first timothy chapter 4 verse 7 where the apostle paul says he says reject profane and old wives fables i mean don't get into all this gossiping storytelling talking about things that don't matter reject those kinds of things and then look at the latter part of that verse he says and exercise yourself towards godliness exercise yourself towards godliness if you look at it from other versions the english standard version puts it like this rather train yourself 
for godliness. The uh, New American Standard Bible puts it like this, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Train yourself, discipline yourself. So let's say this, a life of devotion is a life of discipline. Like, come on, say it like you're excited, even if you don't. Right? Say, a life of devotion is a life of discipline. You know, we got to train ourselves for godliness. we got to discipline ourselves for spiritual things. And those of us, you know, who've, uh, any of us who've engaged in some sort of spiritual, dis, uh, physical exercise, sorry, uh, you know how it is, you know, there are those mornings when you, 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 want, you get up, you're supposed to go for exercise, and like, oh, no, I don't feel like doing it today, you know. I don't want to go for my walk. I don't want to go to the gym. I just don't want to do I don't feel like it. But then what do you do? You just make yourself do it. You just get out there, go change your clothes and wear your shoes and get out there and do the walking or get, get to the gym. You just do it. Not because you're so excited about it, but you know the benefit of doing it. And soon what happens is you begin to enjoy it. You come to a place where you look forward to it. You like it. Right? So you've gone past that discipline, you've come now into a place of enjoyment. The same, same thing, same exercise. You, you're enjoying it. You, you, it's fun. So also, hopefully, this will happen in our spiritual lives. That maybe for some of us, you know, okay, I heard this message today. I'm going to start doing it. And it may not be that easy in the beginning, but hopefully you and I will come to a place where it's going to be fun. It's going to be something we enjoy doing as far as our spiritual lives are concerned in spending time in devotion to God. Now let's begin very, by addressing the motivation. Why daily devotion? Why do we even want to talk about this? Why should we have it in our lives? Just mention two things. Of course, we can uh, put down uh, several reasons, but just mention two. Number one is to know God and love God intimately. So why are we training ourselves, exercising ourselves in this life of daily devotion? Number one, because I want to know God so that I can love Him intimately. See, love comes or is dependent on knowledge. You can't love something you have no knowledge about. So I love God. Do you know God? No, I don't know. So then it's just a statement you're making. But the more you love, the more you know, the more you can love. So the more you, more you know Him, the more love you can have for Him, the more you can worship Him, the more you can adore Him, because you know Him. You're growing in that. So love doesn't take place in ignorance. Love is based on knowledge. And so as we grow, in our knowledge of God, we can love Him more and more and say, God, you just astound me. You are so amazing, God. You, you know, it's coming out of a knowledge of God. Another reason why we should have this life of daily devotion is because we can grow strong spiritually. We want to grow strong spiritually, and we'll spend a little bit of time on that. That your inner person is strengthened, and you become stronger on the inside, in your inner person. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, the Bible says, Peter's writing, 
He says, but grow. That means keep on increasing. Don't plateau. Don't stagnate. But grow. Keep on increasing. In grace, that is your character, your virtues, who you are. Grow in grace. And the word grace in the New Testament is used in different contexts. And in this context, we can say he's referring to virtue, character, Christ-likeness. Grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you grow. Keep on increasing. Keep on, you know, uh, increasing both in character and in knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Grow in grace. We are called to do that as believers. And in order to see that happen in our lives, we need this life of daily devotion. I want to take a little side journey. So tell your neighbor, pastors off on a side journey, you know, <laughs> a little side journey, short journey. I want to just emphasize that, you know, we are primarily spiritual beings. We are primarily spiritual beings. Now, we tend to forget that, of course, because we are so preoccupied with all our day-to-day -day activities, taking care of the outer man, taking care of the uh, intellectual person, that we tend to forget that we are primarily spiritual beings. Tell, tap your neighbor and say, hello, spirit. Oh, just the person next to you really is a spiritual being. But that spiritual being is dwelling in a physical body. But you're really a spiritual being. Now, one just, just, we just spend time in one verse. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 4. Very beautiful verse that highlights this wonderfully. Now, I understand the context that First Peter chapter 3, Paul is, Peter is writing about a husband-wife relationship. I understand the context, but I want us to focus on the truth that he's bringing out in this scripture. First Peter 3 verse 4. And he says this, he says, But let it be the hidden person. Interesting, the word person, anthropos in the Greek, talking about the person. Let it be the hidden person. Do you know that the real person is a hidden person? The real person is inside you. The hidden person. Let it be the hidden person of the heart. The hidden person is the heart who is inside you. Let it be the hidden person of the heart. With the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Heart, spirit being used interchangeably or synonymously. So the heart and the spirit are referring to the hidden person. It says, let it let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is very precious in the sight of God. So what's he telling us? That the hidden person, the heart and the spirit has characteristics. It has virtues. It has traits. In this particular verse, he points to two. Quiet and gentle. So really, your personality is the character of your hidden person emanating through your soul and your body. So people look at you and say, wow, you're a very generous person. That's because your spirit, the hidden person, is very generous. 
Somebody looks at you and says, you're very courageous. You're, you know, you've got, you've got fortitude. You've got you know, tenacity. You're a tenacious person. That's because the hidden person inside you, that's the character of that person. In this particular verse, he's talking about quietness and gentleness. But where is that coming from? It's not an attribute of the physical person. It's not even the attribute of the soul person. It's the attribute of the hidden person. And that's emanating. That's being seen. So your true personality comes from your spirit. Because your spirit, your heart, the hidden person carries character, virtue, attributes, traits, whatever you want to say. Are you with me? So that's where you develop those strong virtues of gentleness and, and kindness and generosity and all these other attributes that are precious in the sight of God. That's where you develop in your heart, in the hidden person. Amen? And notice what he says. These traits are incorruptible. You see, this physical man, the outward man, is going to wane. And we grow old, the beauty goes off. Then you, look, you only look at those pictures and say, Whoa, that's how you were looking 20 years ago, 30 years ago. You know, the outward man changes, wears off. But the beauty, the, the character of the hidden person, he says, is incorruptible and never decays over time. In fact, if you take care of it, it just gets better and better. And the other thing he tells us is, in the sight of God, this is so precious. And when God looks at you, He's not looking at the outer man. He's looking at the hidden person. And He says, you know, that hidden person, he, I mean, there's no gender in the spirit, but I'm just, you know, for communication, I have to say something. But <laughs> that person in the spirit is so wonderful. There is gentleness. There is purity. There is grace. Uh, there is faith. There is patience in that person inside. In the sight of God, it's so precious. So what impresses God? Who you are in the hidden person. Are you listening? So our life of daily devotion helps take care of the hidden person, the heart or the spirit, who we are on the inside. It helps develop that. And uh, that's one very important reason why we maintain or we should maintain a life of daily devotion. Now, there is a parallel in the natural and the spiritual. And we see this. Uh, I just want to reference two scriptures here, uh, both familiar scriptures. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So he's talking about living. He says, You don't live just by bread, the physical food, but also the word. Another reference in line with this was Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Peter writes, he says, As newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So in these two verses, he's talking about living and growing. Everybody say, living and growing. Now sometimes I need to engage 
<laughs> you. So let's say this again. Living and growing. It's okay to talk in church, okay? <laughs> so he's talking about living and growing. In the physical, we have food, bread and milk to live and grow. But he says we need spiritual food, the Word of God, to live and grow spiritually. So our spirit, the hidden person, needs nourishment, God's Word, for it to live, for it to grow. Amen? So what we're going to do in this message today, I want to share with us six practices or disciplines that we can all participate in in our time with God. So we say, okay, go spend time with God. You go before God, say, hello, God, I'm here. Pastor sent me. <laughs> but I don't know what to do. <laughs> no, just joking. So you come before God, you say, I've set this time with God. But what do I do in that time? How do I spend that time with God? So I want to share these six practices, six disciplines. Now, I'm not sharing these as though these are the Ten Commandments. I'm not sharing these that these are must-dos, you have to do them. No. I'm just sharing these because these are things I have found useful. We see them in Scripture, and these are things I found useful in my spiritual journey. And so I'm just presenting them to you. And you can take them and use them if you'd like to, or you could, you know, maybe God will show you something different, and that's perfectly fine. Is it okay? So I'm not pushing this on you and saying, you have to do this, and if you don't do this, something will happen. No. No, this, I'm just communicating something, practices that, that I found useful in my life of daily devotion, my time with God. So let's say you wake up in the morning, and you have this time of devotion with God. You say, I'm, I'm going to set aside this time to be with the Lord. What should I do in that time? So here are some things. First, we start off with confession, cleansing, and casting our cares. Right? So you go before God, and uh, you look back on the previous day, and if there are things that you need to say, God, I didn't do right, I got angry, I didn't behave right, I spoke harsh words, I did things wrong. So what do you do? You confess. The Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. So I go, I go before God. I say, God, I'm sorry, you know. Now, here's the thing. I try to keep short accounts, meaning the moment I do something wrong, I know I did something wrong, that moment itself, I take care of it. But sometimes, you know, because things are so busy, we are moving from thing to thing, we may not even realize it, but in the morning when I get up, suddenly the Holy Spirit reminds me, hey, you didn't speak kindly to that person. Now, in the course of my day, I may not even have realized that I've been rude to that person. But in the morning, as I'm coming before God, hey, that wasn't right. Or you didn't do that. So then I confess. It's not like we are living under condemnation, but we want to keep the slate clean and we know the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? So we confess. Confess, receive cleansing, 
And also, you cast your cares, because there could be things troubling your mind, so many things. And there could be things that are really troubling you, that's occupying space and time in your mind. The Bible tells us, you know, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares upon Him because He cares for you. So you say, God, this, this, this is troubling me. God, I got this on my mind. But Lord, I'm putting this on you. Please, I thank you. You will take care of this. I thank you. You will handle this. Whatever. You know, you cast your care on God. So you begin your time like that. And then if you feel the need to say, Lord, fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. Okay? Fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. Because we are baptized once in the Spirit, but we have to be filled constantly over and over again. So say, Lord, fill me afresh. Spirit of God, come fill me. Take control of me. So we start that way. The next thing we do is to spend time in thanksgiving, praise, and worship. Just thank the Lord. The Bible tells us in everything, give thanks. Give thanks to God. So you just look back at the previous day, or however, however long you want, and say, Father, I thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you. You know, when I was crossing the road, there were two cars, one in front of me, one behind me. I escaped. Whatever. So many things we can be thankful to God for. So you just give thanks. Father, thank you. Express gratitude. Worship. Praise Him. Father, I praise you. You are a good God. You're a loving God. You're a faithful God. Lord, I thank you for your mercies. I thank you for your goodness in my life. So you take some time to give thanks, to worship, to praise our God. Second. The third thing we do is to pray. Pray in tongues. Just spend time. Just pray in the Spirit. So now you're letting the Holy Spirit lead you. So you spend time praying in tongues. And then you also pray with things that you want to pray about. Maybe that day, you know, you have certain meetings. Maybe you've got certain things to do that day. So you pray about those things. Maybe uh, there, are pe- there are people who asked you to pray for them concerning things that they are going through in life. So you pray for them. So you take some time to pray. Are you with me? Three things that we can do in our prayer time. Now, some people would prefer reading the Bible first and then praying. That's also fine. Perfectly fine. Just do whatever you're comfortable with, right? I'm just sharing with you what, how I do it. Doesn't mean this is the only way to do it. There are many ways to do it, right? So take time to pray. So after this time of prayer and worship, I transition into a time with the Word of God. So again, in spending time with the Word, three simple practices. One is I confess the Word. I speak the Word of God over my own life. So Ananya shared a little bit today, and you know we have our young people come I, exactly three minutes. I told, <laughs> I give them. I say three minutes. Yeah, that's why she mentioned three minutes. Yeah. So. They come and they encourage us to confess the word. So, God, in His word, and you can see this from Genesis to Revelation, teaches us the importance of speaking His word. So I keep some time to speak God's word, confess the word, declare God's word 
over my life. So I say in the name of Jesus, I speak God's word over my present and over my future. I declare that everything in my life and my present and my future is subject to the word of God. And then I begin to declare God's word over different areas of my life. Sometimes I go from A to Z. So in my mind, I have A stands for authority, answer to prayer, anointing. B stands for bones, boldness. Uh, C stands for courage and confidence. D stands for deliverance, uh, my day. E stands for exploits, eternal life. F stands for, so I have that in my mind, right? So that I can just go, I can just speak the word of God on these topics. Just declare God's word. Sometimes I might do it over just a few areas. I feel that I need to speak God's word. But the word of God is our weapon against the enemy. And how do we use it? You've got to speak the word. It's like, if you don't speak the word, you've got a sword, but it's stuck in this, in its sheath, and it's of no value. It's a good decorative thing. Whoa, he's got a sword. The devil says, I'm not afraid of him. He doesn't know how to use it. Or he doesn't even use it. So he's got a decorative piece. He's walking around with his sword stuck on his side, but he never uses it. Come on, believer. Take your sword out. Use it. Speak the word. Amen? So, time in the word begins that way. Declare God's word. Now, we have a book. It's not in print. It'll come out in print in a few months. But it's available as a PDF. So you can go to our church website. The PDF is available. It's called Speak Your Faith. It takes us on a journey from Genesis to Revelation. Highlighting all the scriptures where God teaches His people to speak His Word. So, I'd encourage you, go read it if you, if you want to be encouraged in this area. So, I take time to speak the Word. Oh, example. You can speak the Word over your children. I declare, you know, I go from Genesis to Revelation. I mean, Genesis on, we spend a lot of time in Isaiah. But I declare, you know, uh, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. My children will be mighty on the earth. That my children are taught by the Lord and they have great peace. That my children, uh, God pours His Spirit upon my children, His blessing upon my offspring. They rise up like willows by the water courses. And I just go through the scriptures declaring God's word over them. Now they are in different parts of the world, that's okay. The word of God is being spoken over them. Because in the realm of the Spirit, there is no distance. So they think they escaped daddy. <laughs> Daddy's after you. <laughs> no, it's joking. The point is, there is no distance in the realm of the Spirit. So through the speaking of God's word, I can begin to influence their lives. Speak God's word over your family. Speak God's word over your work. Whatever you know, matters to you, you speak the word. So confess the word of God. Declare God's word. Now, this is not a promotion, but I'm just refer referring you to our church app. So if you download our church app, which I encourage you to, on the home screen, uh, we've got a little section that says, what does it say? I think it says something called Daily Devotion, Daily Devotion Aids on the home screen. So don't even have to, just have to open it. Right? And on the home screen, it's called Daily Devotion Aids. And the two buttons on the right, one says A to Z declarations. That's what I was talking about. From A to Z. Different topics, the declarations are there for you. 
There's also another one called in Christ. Sometimes I just declare who I am in Christ. I am the righteousness of God. I am an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. I, I have received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. And so I reign in life through Christ. God has raised me up together and made me sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Satan and all his demons are underneath my feet. I am an overcomer. I overcome everything that is in this world. So, in Christ's declaration. So you could do that. You could use either one. See, we made it easy for you. Amen? So just hope two taps. One to launch the app. The one, the one, the other one, you tap on one of those boxes. Okay? Just use it. And you don't have to do A to Z every day. Just do whatever you need that day to speak your faith. So spend a little bit of time declaring it. The second thing I'd encourage us to do is to memorize scripture. So the second part in spending time with the word is to memorize scripture. Now, back in those days, that is 40 years ago, <laughs> when we had to memorize scripture, those days we had a very nice tool. Um, we had what was called as memory verse packs. That means you had packs with scriptures written on cards, uh, uh, scriptures on the same theme or topic. So we used to use that to memorize scripture. And then after that, I began to take all my dad's visiting cards. And on the back of the cards, I used to write scripture and memorize scripture. And memorize scripture based on certain themes. For example, if you say faith, then immediately in my mind, I can go from Genesis to Revelation on the subject of faith. These are all the scriptures. Or you give me another topic, authority. I will start. Okay, I can start in the New Testament. All these scriptures on authority. Right? So your mind is like a library. I mean, that's if it's organized. <laughs> you can actually catalog information. Basically, that's how it happens, right? Information is cataloged in your mind. And so you memorize scripture that way. You catalog scripture in your mind. So you memorize scripture on certain things. Are you all with me so far? So once again, we have graduated from paper to digital. So you download the church app. And uh, you now you go to a toolkit section. You can see the toolkit section coming up there. Under toolkit, you have a box that says faith builders. You tap on the faith builders and then you get topics from A to Z. All kinds of topics. Angels, anointing, answer to prayer, armor of God, believers of thought, A, B, C, all this. Now you tap on one of them, you'll get scriptures on that topic. See, we've made it so easy for you. You don't have to use visiting cards. <laughs> Just download the app. So now what you do is you memorize scripture by topic. Whatever topic, example, right now, you know, if you are, um, a, a, you know, example, you're, you're, in your, you're at work and, uh, and, and, and you, you want to believe and you're saying, God, I, I have not received a promotion in the last so many years. I want to believe God for promotion. Okay, there's a topic called promotion and there are scriptures connected to that. So you go memorize that. So that, you, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So you put that word in you. You know, Deuteronomy 28, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. 
Psalm 77, you know, promotion doesn't come from the east or from the west, but it's the Lord who raises you up. Isaiah 48, 17, I am the Lord who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. So you can memorize the scriptures. Put them in your heart. So memorize scripture on a certain topic. Now the key to memorization is repetition. Because that's how our brains work. Right? Basically, you've got neurons that connect towards e to each other, and you keep firing the neurons over and over and over and over again, and you etch a path in your brain, and that stores, that remembers that information. So, repetition is key for memorization. So you repeat that. So maybe one verse, repeat it seven days. And at the end of seven days, you're most likely you would have memorized it. You would have fired those neurons at least once every day, maybe several times, and it's etched in your, the so-called etched in your memory because you've repeated it. Now, after seven days, if you still don't remember it, go for another seven days. Memorize that scripture. Then take another scripture on the same topic. Memorize that. And take another scripture on that same topic. Memorize it. Are you all with me? Too much exercise? <laughs> no. But memorizing scripture is so important. Right? The Bible says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom and all understanding. Let that word dwell in you. Got to get it in your heart. So memorize. One verse every day. Right? So you can use the app, or of course, nowadays I just open my Bible and I go straight to that verse and I memorize it like that. So just read it and memorize it. That's also another way. Whatever works for you. You know, you can write it on cards, you can use the church app, or you can just open it every day to that same verse in the Bible, repeat it. That's also fine. That's how I do it these days. I don't use the app. It's, it's there for the older generation. <laughs> so... Number two, memorize. Memorize scripture. The third thing we do when we spend time in the, is the last one, is meditative Bible reading. Okay? So you spend a few moments speaking the word. You spend a few moments memorizing others. Then you spend most of your time in meditative Bible reading. Now, here's what I want to encourage all of us. It's important to read the Bible sequentially. Okay, so you, uh, if you've never done this before, you're beginning, you're starting, start with Matt, the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew, read through the New Testament, or a little portion every day, go through it sequentially, read the New Testament maybe three times, uh, then go into the Old Testament, read the Old Testament sequentially, come back in the New, and just keep on going, keep reading sequentially, right, read a little portion every day, but don't be in a hurry. Now, I know some people, so, you know, I've got to do 10 chapters a day, five Psalms, three Proverbs, and, uh, you know, uh, that's okay. If you want to do that, it's okay. I can't join your league. <laughs> but mine is very simple. Read a small passage, meditate in it. Because you want to get the juice out of that passage. That's meditate. Spend time meditating in that passage. And I'll explain a little bit on how to do it. But, Let's recap. Six practices. Three concerning prayer, three concerning God's Word. In prayer, there's confession, cleansing, and casting your cares. Two, yes, thanksgiving, 
worship, praise, and three, there is prayer, pray in the Spirit, pray for specific needs. All with me? Time in the Word, speak the Word, confess the Word, memorize Scripture, and meditate in God's Word. So you've spent time in prayer, you spend time in the Word of God. Amen? Now, example. Again, this is only an example. If you have one hour that you want to spend with God, how would you break it down? And I've just given an example. Right? So you spend five minutes in the first part, confession, cleansing, casting your cast, five minutes. Another five minutes, thanksgiving, praise, worship. Twenty minutes in prayer. Pray in the Spirit, pray for specific needs. Then five minutes in confessing the Word, five minutes in memorizing one scripture, and 20 minutes reading your Bible, meditating in the Bible. One hour. Are you all with me? This is not like hard and fast. It's just like guidance, just an example how you can spend time and spend an hour with God. Now, some days if you miss out on something, it's okay. Oh, today I didn't memorize scripture. Don't worry, the world is still there. <laughs> you can continue tomorrow. Like, don't worry about it. If you, if you miss out on one of these things, it's okay. But these are good practices that you can do. Fit it anytime. You can do it in the morning, afternoon, evening, whatever works. You know, do, do it whatever works for you. But let me spend a little bit of time talking about meditative Bible reading. Now, we've shared a little bit in the past on meditation in Scripture, how to meditate. Now, there is a method people refer to as an inductive Bible study. Basically, you talk about observation, interpretation, application. I think it's very simple, nicely put. That means when you read a passage, you observe carefully, you're contemplating on it, you're visualizing it, observation, then interpretation. You know, what do I see? What are the insights that I get? Interpretation. And then application. How does it apply to me? What can I take away? So, I want us all to practice this right now. If you have your Bibles, let's go to Mark chapter 14, verses 3 to 9. Only seven verses. Mark 14, verses 3 to 9. So you can use your Bible, use your phone. If you didn't bring your Bible and you didn't bring your phone, use your neighbors. <laughs> Mark 14, 3 to 9. Very small passage. Each one of us, quietly, I'm going to give you a few minutes. Read this passage and do this. So we're doing meditative Bible reading. Or sometimes we will call it inductive Bible study. It's okay. But do these three things. Observation. Interpretation, application. What do you observe? So transport yourself in time. 2,000 years ago, to a little town called Bethany. Go into the house of Simon. Walk through his front door. Sit down there with Jesus and see what this woman does. And listen in on the conversation. That's observation. Then interpret. What can I get out of this? And application. So next few moments... I want to request each one of us just to try to do this. See what God speaks to you, okay? So I'm going to be quiet, all of us. Take this time.
I'll give us another minute just to do our observation, interpretation, application. Okay, thank you. So, in your time of Bible reading, you're practicing meditative Bible reading. That means, you know, you're not rushing through the passage. Right? Oh, I have to finish Mark chapter 14, the whole chapter today. No. You start chapter 14, you come into this passage about this woman breaking the alabaster box, you pause. I don't go past it, pause. And then meditate. Say, what do I observe happening here? The words of Jesus are so important. Right? So you observe. And then you interpret. Say, what can I get out of this? Interpret. And then application. How do I apply this to my life? application. So I'm sure, you know, all of us, as we do this, God will speak to us, bring different things to our, um, to our attention. I just want to share with you some recently, you know, recently when I did this. So here's what I observed and I drew out of this passage. I'll just say it very quickly for us. So I saw seven things in this passage. Number one, I saw the sacrifice this woman made. She brought this alabaster box of uh, flask with oil, very costly oil. She could have sold it, kept the money for herself. She could have done that. But she sacrificed. She said, I'll give it to Jesus. Sacrifice. I saw sacrifice. And I saw there, it was an act of worship and adoration. She came and she, second thing, she, it was a worship and adoration. She broke it on Jesus, saying, this costly thing, I want to sacrifice it. I'm pouring it out on you. Her act of worship and adoration. Her sacrifice became her act of worship and adoration. The third thing I saw was opportune time. Jesus said, you don't have me with you always. Meaning, this was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for this woman. If she did not make the sacrifice now, she may have never had another opportunity to do it. A, she may have always had the intent, I want to sacrifice this for Jesus, but the opportunity came for her just once. She may have had the intent, but if she missed this opportunity, that intention would just remain an intention. Never had found an expression. So, there are times when we have a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to make a sacrifice for God. And if you miss that, you'll never have it again. 
So it's so important to seize the moment, the opportunity God gives you to make a sacrifice for His kingdom. The fourth thing I saw in this passage was this was her offering, meaning Jesus said she has given what she could. God is not expecting you and me to give something we cannot. He says you give what you can. She gave what she could. The fifth thing I saw was the divine purpose of God. And this was not in her, the woman's mind. She never thought that her breaking the flask of oil on the head of Jesus would amount to something other than her expression of sacrifice and worship and adoration. But in her doing that, there was divine purpose. God weaved in divine purpose. Jesus said, she has anointed my body for burial. Did this woman know about it? Most likely she didn't. But God weaved in a divine purpose in a simple sacrifice that she was making. And here's the last thing, seventh thing. This was something that was not on the woman's mind. But here we are, 2,000 years later, hearing about her story. And Jesus said, wherever this gospel is preached, this woman's story will be told as a testimony. So her sacrifice became something that God could use to bring a message to many people. That was not in her mind at all. She was only making a sacrifice, but God weaved in a divine purpose, and He used that to become a testimony to so many people. Amen? So, then I begin to ask myself, what sacrifice can I make? Have I, am I responding in the opportune moment to make the sacrifice or sacrifices that I can make? What can I give? God is not expecting me to give something I don't have. It's an offering. What I have, I can give. Now, so I begin to apply that into my life. Are you with me? Yes. Oh, you're still in Bethany. <laughs> Worship team, please come. So, that's what you do. As you read a passage, you meditate in it, you observe, and then you say, God, what can I take out of this passage, and how can I apply it in my life? And soon, as you do this, as you go through the Scriptures, meditating in these passages, little by little, the Word of God becomes flesh in you. You, be, you begin to embody the Word of God. Amen? I want to close just by encouraging us with these two Scriptures. In Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4 and 5, the prophet Isaiah wrote, he said, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. So he's saying, God wakes me up. I know some of us, when your mom and dad come and wake you up, you just roll over the other side and go to sleep. Now listen, when God wakes you up, you better get up. Amen? He wakens me up morning by morning. So before you go to sleep, you say, Lord, can you wake me up tomorrow? Please wake me up. Because the scripture says, He wakens me up morning by morning. And He opens my ear to hear. 
It means God is speaking to you. He says, come up in the morning. I want to speak to you. And what's the outcome? God gives you a learned tongue. That means He gives you a tongue now that you can speak a word in season to somebody else who is in weary. Who is weary. Right? But how do you get that learned tongue? It's because morning by morning you've been listening to God. Amen? So that's the benefit. You spend time listening to God. Then when, when, when you meet people and they are going through challenges, you have the right word to speak to them. Last verse. Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. The latter part of that verse, it says, The people who know their God will be strong and do exploits. The people who know their God will be strong and do exploits. Strength comes from knowing God. And the strength to do great exploits comes from knowing God. So as you grow in your knowledge of God, through this time of daily devotion, God will use you to do great exploits for His kingdom. Amen? So, we've learned today how to have our time of devotion with God. I'm not saying, you know, don't go and make this a rule on yourself. No, I'm just sharing some practical things. Take what benefits you. Apply whatever you can. But most importantly, you spend time with God in prayer and in His words. Amen? And that's how we are going to grow. We are going to grow in our love for God. We are also going to grow spiritually. And God is looking at that hidden person of the heart. He's looking at, at the real person inside you. Let's rise to our feet, please. We're going to spend a few moments just to worship. And then I'll just come back and pray. Pray over us. Ask God for the grace to have a life of daily devotion. And like we said in the very beginning, our daily devotion is not relegated just to a time in the morning or a place of prayer. But really, this daily devotion is expressed through a consecrated life, a life of consecration. And a life that practices the presence of God. So next Sunday, Jean George, who is one of our pastors, she will be continuing this message. She'll minister both at the 8 o'clock service, 10.30. And she'll talk to us about this. The consecrated life and a life that practices the presence of God. But it begins here in your personal time with God. And ask God for grace. Lord, help me to do this. Everybody, let's take a few moments, please. Because everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing. So let mercy fall on me. Because everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior. The hope of nations. Let's sing Savior. And Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to say. He is mighty to say. Forever, 
the author of salvation he rose and conquered the grave jesus conquered the grave he conquered the grave so take me as you find me so take me as you find me all my fears and failures Father, we just pray over everyone here, God, that you will empower us by your grace, by your Holy Spirit who strengthens us to be people who have a close walk with you, a life of daily devotion to you, God. And Lord, impress upon our hearts a call to come and be with you day after day. Let it just become something we long to do. Let it become something we are eager to do, to be alone with you, God. Help us, Lord, each one of us to find it something delightful that this discipline becomes a delight. Work in us in this manner by your Holy Spirit. 
for every person here, those watching online, because God, it is you who are at work in us to make us willing and able to do your will. So release, Lord, that willingness and that ability in every heart and every life to be people who will seek you in prayer, in worship, in your word, who will treasure your word, who will love your word as somebody who finds great spoil. Release that in each of us, O oh God, by your Spirit. That we will all be people who are strong in our God, who are growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're being changed into that same image from glory to glory. Do this, we pray. We thank you, Father. Thank you for doing it. And God, may mighty things happen in our lives, even as we simply consecrate ourselves to seek you. The miracles that we want or the changes that we seek to take place in our lives, in our life situations, in our homes, in our families, just as we consecrate ourselves to seek you, let those things be addressed, taken care of. We thank you, Father. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with each of us always. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes, and books, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, visit apcbiblecollege.org. Do remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the Apple or Google Play Store.